normally in the evening when my family and I sit to eat dinner. It's not done in silence. We might pass bowls around, pour out drink, cut our food and munch it. And that all makes noise. Having given thanks to God, there are sounds of splashes and dashes, slurps and barks, chewing and mooing. Well, maybe not that last one. As we eat our meal. And we might discuss how we cook it and what we like about it. We talk about the day we've had and think about tomorrow. As well as, of course, answer the all-important perennial question of what's for pudding. Meals with a family are not silent, but even if I am eating breakfast after everyone else has left for work and school, I fill the void as I eat my regular combination of mashed banana, muesli and yogurt with normally a, a podcast from BBC Sounds. To my ears, silence is really golden. One wonders how loud it was that mealtime on a Saturday night after the Sabbath, just a week before Passover, with not simply four around a table, but maybe a dozen disciples, Mary, Martha, the post-tomb Lazarus, and whoever else happened to be passing. What has been eaten? What has been said? What are they laughing at? What a good time they are having, I wonder. And what moves Mary to bring forth an alabaster jar of perfume? A little liquid spreads a long way. And if you have ever accidentally dropped a pint of milk on the kitchen floor, Think of how far that mess goes, that 500 mils or so. Here we have a similar volume, uh, though more oily and viscous, but it's still quite a large amount of liquid. Uh, and the cost of a year's wages, 300 denarii, it reflects both the value and the quantity. I imagine few of you have the modern equivalent, a uh, £25,000 bottle of lemongrass or lavender scented oil lying about. And if you did, I can't imagine it all being used in one go. But Mary pours out this liquid. It flows freely from the broken bottle. Uh, a bottle that can't be resealed. Jesus is literally the anointed one. He is the Messiah and we knew that already didn't we? But here he is anointed for what lies ahead. Did you honour the Lord with what is precious in your life? Honour him with your time, your talents, your wealth? Uh, do you offer to pour it out generously or do you say, on my terms, in my way,
to my choosing. I wonder. Maybe. Uh, pours not on the head, but onto the feet. And this is considered by some to be a, a kingly form of anointing, a consecration to go and to serve as a ruler. But of course, Jesus's admonishment of Judas makes it clear that he sees it, sees it another way too. He takes it. The, the bottle is marking what is ahead, not simply as king, uh, but looking towards the tomb. That this bottle was intended to release a, fragr a fragrance in the grave. And if this was Mary's intention to prepare Jesus for burial, then her time sat listening to the Lord's teaching has actually been well spent. It would seem that she alone among all the followers understands how the week will progress and how the rejoicing of the next morning, the cries of Hosanna, the recognition of Jesus as the son of David, the king of Israel, will actually culminate with Christ upon the cross, with God's son giving his all too. No one else gets that understanding. Peter, Andrew, James and John, Philip and Thomas and the rest of the disciples will not comprehend that in the week that goes ahead. In less than a week, they will be mourning. Even at the Last Supper, as Jesus washes feet, when it's less than 24 hours to Calvary, they still don't get it. How could it possibly be? Here, as oil is poured, that Jesus' death is nigh. There's such a party atmosphere, with crowds coming out of the city, and perhaps pilgrims too on their way in, stopping off at Bethany to see Jesus, and also Lazarus, the man who has gained his celebrity status when he rose resuscitated from his tomb. Now, if there's one thing the authorities don't like, it is the sense that their importance is waning. Their image of what God does is set in stone, and their, their concept of how to deal with others who may change things uh, is to put them sealed behind a stone, to see them dead. I wonder how flexible we are to God's challenge and call. We have had a year of disruption, but does that mean it is a year that has been wrong? Or simply that God has called us into a new dynamic of worship, a new understanding of how to be his people and to proclaim his holy name? Outside the city of Jerusalem, we are getting the insight of what lies ahead. There is the disciple thief, Judas, who feels he has been cheated out 
of the opportunity to gain some extra wealth. There was an idea that uh, a woman has an insight, sees a bigger picture of what is going on. A crowd who are wanting more and the authorities getting ready for some drastic action. As the nights of the week proceed, we understand from the Gospels that each evening Jesus will return here. He will come back to be a guest at Bethany until Thursday, where in Jerusalem an upper room will be prepared and it is Jesus who will be the host. He will cut through the festival chatter as he breaks bread and shares a cup and institutes a family meal, declaring that there will be a new covenant of life made in his blood.